0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host Jacob Granger. Today we bring you a special episode about the important service journalism that's happening within Ukrainian media. I'm talking to two senior members of Kyiv Independent, an English-speaking Ukrainian media outlet created by 30 journalists who were fired from the Kyiv Post, a publication which shut down in November after the owner attempted to undermine its editorial independence. In the midst of the Russian invasion we are seeing right now, Kyiv independent reporters are bravely bringing breaking news to the people in Ukraine and abroad. Journalists are working flat out to provide live updates on the website, on Twitter and also on the encrypted messaging platform Telegram, where they have built a 40,000 following in little over a week. The CEO Darina Shevchenko tells me how the team is coping and focusing on their vital service journalism during these difficult times. We also speak to the Chief Financial Officer, Yakub Padashinsky, about the crowdfunding campaigns which are supporting Ukrainian media. The bottom line to all of this is that media outlets in the country and in neighbouring ones are risking their lives through their journalism, and they need our support. We'll find out more about how we can play our part too. All of that's coming up after this. Join Journalism.co.uk for a free virtual event next week in line with International Women's Day. On Wednesday 9th of March at 2pm UK time, we will discuss how more women can land tech roles in the newsroom and we'd love for you to come along and be part of the discussion. Head to Journalism.co.uk and look for the event link on our homepage for more details on how to join us and we'll see you there. We start with Darina Shevchenko, CEO of Kyiv Independent. Dadina is speaking to us from Ukraine where her team is working around the clock to provide updates for its national and international audience. She provides us with an update on the situation her team faces.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm still in Kyiv, uh, our team is scattered across mostly across Ukraine, across central and Western Ukraine. Um, some people. Like, very few people, actually foreigners, uh, left the country due to their own circumstances, because they had to. Um, most of the people are still in Ukraine, some moved west, uh, some stayed in Kiev. We don't have a um, team in eastern Ukraine, so that's pretty much the situation.
0: You are doing some vital reporting at the moment at Kiev Independent, both on the website and as well Telegram, where I've just noticed you've got a huge, huge following—about forty thousand people subscribed since since the war began. How how are you making that possible? How are you doing this important service journalism for your audience?
1: I mean, this is this is our job, right? This is what we created the Kiev Independent for four months ago, and um, we always wanted and we always knew that we would become the voice of ukraine and uh, that's what kiev post used to be that's what we worked for before we were on a good trajectory you know while the website was growing our followership across different social media was growing but um the Patreon, we had a few paying members who would pay us money on a monthly basis and support our journalism it was all you know good nothing comparing to what we've got now of course um, I, I don't know how many times more followers and, and views on the website we've got now. It's it's just crazy. But I just hope it was over, you know, different circumstances. But that's what it is. Um, But I think we are very proud to do the job. And we are very proud to be the voice of Ukraine at this time. And uh, I think everybody knows that what we're doing is... Just now the front of this war. Uh, we are here to deliver the information, the reliable information about what's happening in Ukraine to the whole world. And uh, many stakeholders of Ukraine rely on us. Uh we knew that the moment you know the Euro Commission president quoted us. Uh, and um this was a huge moment for us. We then, you know, realized that we've become what we aimed to become all the way yeah
0: telegram is um obviously an encrypted platform it's very popular in your part of the world as well is is that really significant just being an encrypted platform keeping your journalists safe at the moment to do their work and also keep audiences informed
1: um it is i mean digital security is, is uh, super important now we asked uh, all of our staff to make sure they have um you know uh, double authentication on all the platforms they use and stuff like that. It's like super important. Um, we uh, Telegram is encrypted, but it's also, you know, kind of Russian. <laughs> so uh, for the really secure communication, we use Signal. Um, but then Telegram is a platform that is like a messenger slash social media platform. So that's why we use it to, to spread the information and it's pretty convenient that way. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're definitely not using Viber or something like that. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I'm, I'm on the channel. My phone is going off all the time. Your, your journalists must be just working 24-7 flat out at the moment, aren't they?
1: Yeah. We switched to 24-7 news coverage uh, the first day of the war. Um, it is you know it's it's complicated there's a lot of moving parts there are a lot of people who are still on the move or don't have kind of the internal resource to work full-time just yet or you know have their own circumstances like children families they have to take care of Um but then you know it, it, it some people work more than the others some people haven't had any more sleep than five hours a day uh, since the beginning of the war but we are trying to keep up the 24-7 coverage. Um, we have volunteers helping us to to do Telegram. We have um, volunteer editors to help us get out the stories quicker and still in good quality. And uh, we have volunteer designers um, who also help us a lot. And we were very grateful for all that help. That's what it takes for us to do our journalists 24-7.
0: I don't want this to be an upsetting question, but this is obviously a very distressing time for the people of Ukraine and, of course, your journalists. How are your journalists coping at the moment?
1: I can't. I, I unfortunately can't talk for, for everyone. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I talk to some people who exchange a few messages that are mostly short. They're like, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm, you know... Holding up, that's it. Yeah, uh, I know they're holding up. I, you know, would never doubt that. Um, I know some are more eager to work in the field than the others. Um, you know, some are scared. I mean, everybody's scared, but also everybody is angry. And I know that everybody is very motivated to do their job right now, uh, in whatever capacity they are. Mm. Uh, I myself, I'm not a journalist, not an editor. I'm a CEO. I'm a manager of the *Kiev Independent. And, uh, but I actually found myself doing some journalism because that's what we need right now. Uh, we don't need any more, you know, budget charts or anything. <laughs> it's mostly about journalism now. So, yeah, uh, that's what I also started doing. And um, there are good and bad days for me, uh, personally. Uh, on the good days, you are like super angry and super motivated, and you are like, let me interview this person and that person, and you know, I'll do that story and this story, and then the next day you are like, oh my god, how did it even happen? How do I live with this? How do I, you know, um, there are a lot of impossible decisions you have to make. There is there is a lot of pressure in you and in the everyday life. Every routine thing you usually do in life and never even notice is is a challenge uh now and, and that's very tiring and that's very that's exhausting
0: yeah it feels like what you're saying is taking every day uh, as it comes but also focusing on the motivation right now and the the commitment to the task and that's what's keeping you going i guess
1: it is yes i mean i've, I've read a couple of stories about some coping strategies like you know yoga shit or breathing techniques or something but i don't really believe in that not for you the only thing that can keep you going during the war is work and preferably the work that can help this war end Mm. Uh, and i think i as many people on the team believe that our journalism is uh, is one type of this kind of work
0: what can the wider media industry do to support you i know this is a question you must field a lot but for us sat maybe in the comfort of our homes in the newsrooms who want to support ukrainian media what can we do to help
1: i mean you you're doing that already you are interviewing us you're telling about you know telling our story you can also share our uh, work you can share our website and ask people to read the news from the reliable sources uh, and and you know, keep telling that. We also have a few crowdfunding campaigns. One is for the keep independent and another one is for all the Ukrainian media outlets who are working now in this possible situation and you can contribute to that. You can share these campaigns. Um, we are very grateful for every support. At this point, I mean this the campaigns have been very successful, and we are very grateful to everybody who contributed but uh, we also at this point we don't we don't want to stop them because we don't know if you know what happens to like Ukrainian banking system maybe that would be the the only money we all have for some time. There are also questions left we don't know anything about the future. our planning horizon is one day exactly, and uh, we don't you know somebody asked me if in if we in the team we, we have some plan like you know for months or you know schedules or rotation or whatever well no we just figure it out every day uh i don't think it's possible to have some kind of schedule or rotation right now it's just we talk to people and figure out every day how much time they can or want to or are capable of working and that's it
0: putting one foot in front of the other i guess.
1: I mean, one thing I, I, I want to say is not for me or journalism or the Kiev Independent, is for Ukraine. Uh, this war is going on and we lose people every day. Uh, people that didn't ask for this war, you know, that, that weren't a threat to anybody. And this is, this is just happening and we need help. And we need help from other countries, from NATO, to shelter our sky. Because, you know, the the bullshit argument of, you know, if we do that, the World War III starts, well, it's already started. If you think that Putin will just come to Ukraine, conquer Ukraine, and will be just like, okay, now let, let's leave all in peace. That That's not happening. And this war is coming for you as soon as they're done with us. I mean, we are fighting our asses off to stop them, but but that's not enough you you guys have to help us and you have to realize that sooner rather than later uh, this is what we ask for now i don't think i mean i don't know how long we can hold that off if you don't step in
0: well sending my thoughts sending solidarity and um i really appreciate your, your time today and thank you for jumping on the journalism.co.uk podcast to talk to me
1: thank you very much
0: We go next to Jakob Parashinsky, the Chief Financial Officer of Kyiv Independent. Jakob is based in London. He talks to me first about Telegram, the encrypted platform which allows subscribers to receive live updates straight to their phones. Kyiv Independent's Telegram channel was launched in the first few hours of the invasion, and already more than 40,000 people have joined. There, audiences are able to stay on top of the latest statements from Ukrainian President Zelensky, breaking news on blasts and air raid alerts, or the fundamentals of where to access food and shelter. Darina has already mentioned that it's an important tool for journalists to do their work safely, though Viber and Signal are also used to that end. As Jakob explains, it's also significant because it's helping to deal with the surge of traffic overloading Ukrainian news sites.
2: The situation with uh, the, you know, the availability, the connectivity in Ukraine is unclear um right now you know our developers um from Dutka agency i really need to do a call a shout out here because they have been working around the clock with a team that is based in Kyiv as well and uh uh, you know, they've been just doing a tremendous job because um, I think like every single website in Ukraine, uh, there's been a massive surge in traffic, which is one challenge to uh, overcome. And then the other one is, uh, you know, various attacks, uh, phishing emails, uh, you know, lots of suspicious activity going on all over the place. So Telegram is sort of a reliable alternative. Um, the other thing that that I would say is a little bit more regional is like, look, Telegram is... Uh, I think now the fifth biggest social media or something like that globally, it's it's way up there. But when you go in many Western countries, people are kind of unaware. I mean, they've heard about it, but you know, they don't really know it. Uh, In Eastern Europe, in Belarus, in Russia, um, telegram is absolutely massive. So during the Belarusian revolution, um, the uh, basically connectivity across the country was uh, completely shut down by the government. uh, And telegram was the one thing that was still operational um it it continued to go uh there's a ton of media in belarus and russia that are and that are operating via telegram and audiences that uh, consume via telegram mostly so i guess it's both a way to continue to operate you know in extremely sort of challenging uh, circumstances technically, but it's also something that is more accessible to a lot of the local audiences. And obviously, we want to also get the Ukrainian story out to Belarusian and Russian audiences that uh, speak uh, English. Um, We're currently working on a project that would perhaps get them into Russian, but that's not, not exactly the priority right now.
0: I mean, I've, I've got, I'm on the Telegram channel. My phone's going off every couple of minutes with messages from uh, Zelensky, you know, updates, whether it's blasts or, you know, air raid alerts, casualty updates, a lot of it. I, I imagine this is making a difference to people's lives is the point I wanted to arrive at.
2: I think yes I think it is uh it's very functional um I I think the uh, what what the the editorial team has been doing with both Twitter and Telegram I have to say is has been working very well the use of uh the sort of the lightning emoji to denote that uh, it's breaking news versus you know something that might be more analytical um yeah, I think that that's working very well. Certainly, it, it, it's important not just for the world, but also the people in, uh, across Ukraine.
0: One of Jakob's key concerns at the moment is supply routes into Ukraine and the prospect of being cut off by Russian forces. For that reason, he has at speed sought to raise funds and get important equipment to media outlets as quick as possible. He's created a GoFundMe campaign which is currently sitting on more than £600,000, made up of small donations as well as five-figure sums. That came together with the help of The Fix, RB Europe, Genomics Media Development Foundation as well as multiple media partners from across Europe. This fundraiser is aimed at helping media relocate, set up backup offices and continue their operations from neighbouring countries. There's another GoFundMe campaign purely for Kyiv Independent to simply help them keep going, and that fund has raised nearly £1 million. Many media outlets have started to donate to Kyiv Independent directly as well. To take one example, Tech's startup news website Sifted has been donating 50% of its membership revenue to the publication. On top of all of this Kyiv Independent also runs a Patreon account where people can sign up for 5 different tiers of membership. It currently has more than 5,000 patrons, in total contributing £42,000 a month. All of this makes a big difference to its ability to keep going.
2: It's extremely helpful and it's extremely valuable right now because the thing is we need to get support to uh, Ukrainian media fast. the need is going to be absolutely astronomical. The donor community is stepping up in a, at a pace and at a scale that I have never seen. Uh, but still, most of these institutions are pretty large. Uh, our goal was that we need to have resources to be able to support media immediately, because in this kind of situation, you know, it's hours matter sometimes minutes. Um, you know, if it's a question of getting back next week, next week is an eternity. It's been extremely helpful, and uh, and yeah, it's, we've we're we're already distributing mostly so far from the direct donations. The the GoFundMe is focused on supporting the journalists that are uh, in the EU or that are setting up, uh, you know, their operations part of their headquarters uh, in the EU. But um, yeah, it's been it's it's been absolutely a, a phenomenal effort.
0: Yeah, exactly. What difference does it make to media in in the region to have these kind of funds available to them? What does that make possible for them that would have been difficult otherwise?
2: I think that we have now sort of uh, sent cash injections, emergency cash injections uh, to uh, over a dozen. It could be close to 20. It's moving very fast. Yeah, so so deploying money to go get equipment immediately, to go and, uh, you know, to buy insurance, to uh, buy, you know, medical supplies, uh, to to get extra storage on their data, um, all of that is, is something that, you know, is able to help media immediately. Um, we've also transferred uh, slightly larger amounts uh, today, actually, to support two of the biggest media in Ukraine, Nouveia Vremia and Ukrainska Pravda, uh these are media with you know audiences in the in the sort of high single digits or double digits i think ukrainska pravda is is, is like 30 million visits uh, a day um obviously more now uh these are media that are playing an important national role right now of keeping the country together uh when we look at the effort that ukraine is putting up faced uh, at this you know overwhelming uh, foe really that russia is uh, it's really a national mobilization, and media plays a huge role in uh, keeping people up to date on what's going on, uh, sharing all the important information, and it's, uh, it, it's really important to keep those national media going. Uh, but uh, right now, we're in contact and in, in discussions with about 10 media, uh in in the capital and then 100 media across the uh, country about providing um you know whether it's tech support operational support um if they're you know they've been contacted by donors uh we have people who are grant managers and can help them through the paperwork so that reporters aren't pulled off the, the front lines to um, uh, sort of fill in some uh, some applications. Uh, so it's really an all out effort to to get as much support as possible.
0: Right. So it, it keeps the keeps the machine moving, as it were, make sure that news production doesn't slow down, but also gives them the means to get anything, any other equipment that they may require during this, you know, this this urgent urgent time.
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, look. Part of the story is is also um, so. You know, the Kiev Independent was uh, founded by the uh, editorial team of the Kiev Post, as well as my um, company uh, Genomics, uh, which is um, focuses uh, mostly on uh, media management uh, 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 issues, and and it was sort of a combination of our editorial, uh, their editorial, and our our, our management team. Uh, but when you look at the specific people, um, sort of Olga Rudenko, Darina Shevchenko and myself, we were all at the Kiev post um, when uh, during uh, Maidan, um, and so on. Through, a, of course, it was it, it's not comparable to what's happening today, but we've sort of been through a very um, you know a difficult and unpredictable. A crisis together, I think that is helpful just in terms of, you know, a team that knows them each other and, and is sort of able to work together. But um, a lot of the sort of plans and solutions that we've deployed are, are ones that we developed back in 2013 and 2014 and sort of just dust them, dusted them off. Uh, we we expected a Russian invasion back then. Uh, it didn't happen. It happened now. Um, so, you know, that that did give us a little bit of an advance um, in terms of uh, being able to respond. Sure, I
0: know this. Is, I know this. Is, I know this is a question you get asked a lot, but I think it's important. What can we in the in the wider media, from the comfort of our bedrooms and newsrooms, do to help the media situation in Ukraine?
2: Right now, there's two main tracks that um, we've been working on. One is just building uh, sort of a war chest to be able to deploy and help Ukrainian publishers uh, get back up on their feet. Uh, The second one is direct, uh, you know, donations of equipment and supplies. These are an extremely short stock all over Europe. And uh, to be frank, we're sourcing them now from uh, China and so forth. Axel Springer um, came with a a support package of uh, half a million euros just earlier this week. That was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, We're currently talking to them about... Uh, well, currently actually sourcing, sourcing equipment uh, all over the place. So that is a real uh, diff maker. But um, any sort of publishers that are able to donate equipment and supplies quickly, um, you know, uh, they should absolutely do that. Um, there's a couple of organizations that are working on delivering them. You know, we're happy to 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 help out ourselves or or connect to the right people. So, um, you know, reaching out via The Fix, I think our, our contacts are there. Um, that's that's uh, one option.
0: Jakob, thank you so much for sparing the time to talk to me, sending my solidarity and thoughts to you all.
2: Thank you so much, Jacob.
0: A big thanks to Darina and Jacob for sparing the time to speak to me, which, of course, is in short supply. Our thoughts and solidarity are with Ukraine. Kyiv Independent is doing vital work at the moment, and you can find links to all the various crowdfunding campaigns on their website, kyivindependent.com. I am back next week to bring you another special episode on how journalists can cope with this relentless and rolling news cycle. If you're finding it tough, you're not alone. I will be talking to a trauma therapist about ways you can cope with the stresses that you might be experiencing at the moment through what you might be witnessing on the ground, the people you're talking to, or the stories you're pursuing. If you don't want to miss that episode, search and subscribe to the UK podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud my inbox is open to you as well. I'm on jacob at But that's all we have time for today. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.